Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Cavis, licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. Today's Dishing Up Nutrition show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and therapeutic nutrition counseling. Simply put, food matters. It is becoming more and more apparent to more and more people that processed food is not the answer for people's health. Sales of processed foods are down about 12%. That's nice. Very nice. People have learned that French fries at their local fast food shop contain 19 different ingredients, and only one ingredient is potatoes, a real food, and the rest are all refined oils and chemicals. People have heard that diet pop drinkers have a 35% higher risk of developing metabolic syndrome, which is obesity, high blood pressure, and diabetes. And that two cups of breakfast cereal turns into 17 teaspoons of glucose or sugar in our bodies, an easy path to type 2 diabetes. People have also learned and heard that low-fat, high-carb eating can lead, lead to bone thinning and fractures. So if you have hypertension or high blood pressure, have you ever considered how your food choices affect your blood pressure numbers. If you have high blood pressure, do you realize that high blood pressure is the most accurate predictor of cardiovascular disease? And I think that's an interesting fact for sure. Since high blood pressure is the most dangerous risk factor, we wanted to share how and why food really matters. Hypertension is a very complicated topic with many different causes. But as nutritionists, we want to share information about what foods increase blood pressure, what nutrients help to prevent high blood pressure, and what supplements we recommend to help manage blood pressure issues. You know, this is a very personal topic for me because my mother started having high blood pressure by the age of 40. My aunt had extremely high unmanaged blood pressure. My brothers both take medication for blood pressure issues. You know, I thought, oh, I took after my dad's side of the family with low blood pressure numbers until I hit the age of 65. And suddenly, well, maybe not so sudden. (laughs) Even nutritionists can be in denial. (laughs) We can. And my blood pressure started to creep up. And I was not happy. Because I thought I was eating as perfect as anyone could, and I still believe that. I exercised four times a week at least. I took supplements, but finally I gave in to some medication. And I do understand there is an element of genetics involved with blood pressure issues. But my mom, you know, and I thought about this and kind of rationalized a little bit of this, I think, is my mom needed medication by the age of 40. And because of my lifestyle and personal nutrition, I kind of outsmarted my genetics for about 25 years. Yeah, that's great. And I thought, oh, not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) I would say I know this topic from research to clinical experience to personal understanding. So stay tuned because Brittany and I will give you some nutritional tips that I believe work. 
And so joining me today is Brittany Thomas, who is a registered and licensed dietitian. She educates and counsels clients in our Lakeville and St. Paul Nutritional Weight and Wellness locations. So Brittany, welcome. I know I talked and talked and talked this first (laughs) part, but let's first explain how blood pressure is measured and what it means. Yes. Well, blood pressure is typically recorded as two numbers. A good blood pressure number would be 120 over 80. And that top number, 120, is our systolic blood pressure, which measures the pressure in the arteries when the heart beats or when the heart muscle contracts. And the bottom number is your diastolic blood pressure, the number which measures the pressure in the arteries between heartbeats when heart muscle is resting and filling with blood. So, Brittany, go over that one more time. Yeah. Systolic is what? Again? Yeah. Systolic is uh, the top number, Uh and that measures the amount of pressure in your arteries when your heart beats or when your heart muscle contracts. Okay. That's diastolic, which Uh is our bottom number. That measures the pressure in the arteries between heartbeats and when your heart muscle is resting and filling up with blood. Okay, so, so we got those two figured yes. out. And the trick is remembering which is which. That's <laughs> <laughs> I struggled with, with this for a long time. So to remember it, a good um, thing to think about is the higher number, the systolic, starts with an S, and that's higher in the alphabet. Easy. Yep. That's a good clue. That's great. So generally speaking, when the systolic number is high, That's kind of a sign that your arteries are stiff. You know, I think of stiff arteries like an old worn out garden hose that's stiff and somewhat plugged with dirt and debris. And that's what our arteries start to look like. Yeah. You might be asking yourself, what actually makes our arteries become stiff? And there are many things that do, but I would say risk factor number one is smoking. There are 300 different toxins in tobacco that damage your arteries. That's shocking. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And smoking has been found to raise blood pressure, blood sugar levels, and speed up plaque buildup in your arteries. So here's a very shocking fact. If you don't smoke, but you are exposed to smoke, even one passive exposure for 20 to 30 minutes will increase your heart attack risk by 20% for up to seven days. So this is kind of interesting, and I kind of go back to my mother because she had to go on blood pressure medication at such a young age, mm-hmm. I thought. Now, looking back, um, my dad was a smoker, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, didn't smoke a lot in the house, but certainly did some, and so she was exposed to secondhand smoke all the time. Yeah. Now, my mother never smoked, and I would say that she was really a healthy eater, And she did get a lot of exercise, so she didn't have the known risk factors, but that was probably a big contributor to that very young age. Definitely. So, you know, in Minnesota, you know, smoking is banned in public places, but that's not true in all the states. So if you go to a smoky bar or a smoke-filled bingo hall, oh, that's what they used to be all the time. (laughs) Bingo halls used to have smoke just filtering out. And you may have increased your risk of a heart attack for a few days, actually, just going in for, you know, a couple hours. Yeah. So in the past, people would smoke in the front seat of their car and have kids in the back seat. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was pretty common. 
I don't think that happens today. I hope not. And I remember flying to Hawaii with my kids and my husband, and they were smoking. I kept saying, the older people are smoking in the back of the plane, and it was awful. Oh, you know? I can't imagine. And so thank goodness we don't have that happening. You know, there's been a lot of positive yes. changes around smoking, which is so great. Yes, it is, definitely. So if you are a person that doesn't smoke or if you're not around secondhand smoke, you might be asking, what is another risk factor for your arteries becoming stiff and raising your blood pressure? And I think we have a tie between two categories, processed foods, high in carbohydrates, and the other main culprit is refined oils and trans fats. Both of those lead directly to inflamed arteries. I, you know, it's kind of interesting. When we talk about these things all the time yes, on every do. show. Processed foods, high in carbohydrates, and trans fats and refined yep. oils. So, Brittany, what foods give us all this kind of hidden sugars that uh, we always talk about? You know, the things that people don't even realize that they're eating these processed carbohydrates. Yeah, I mean, foods like soda, cakes, donuts, but potato chips. Mm-hmm. Often people think of that as a salty treat, but but it's high in carbohydrates. Corn chips, popcorn, it's another surprising one for people. Mm-hmm. Bread rolls, french fries, beer, all of those lead to uh, a lot of sugar in our body. So did you say English muffins? Yes. I think so many clients, I mean, that's one of the things that they start their day with mm-hmm. is English muffins. And yep. they, they think that they're eating something that is healthy. Yeah. They haven't looked at how many carbohydrates are in English muffins and realizing how much sugar that they're putting in their body. Yeah, it's a lot. You know, I have found clinically when clients stop eating processed foods, their blood pressure really starts to go down. Um, it's it's kind of amazing that that happens, but they can see it, yeah. you know, and usually those people can then maybe reduce or even some of them can eliminate their medications. Mm-hmm. So do you think that it's time for a break? Already, yes. Right. <laughs> so you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And Mother's Day is around the corner on May 10th. And I have a couple of gift ideas for you to give to your mom. How about the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and Nutrition Guide? It has wonderful recipes and a lot of great sound nutrition advice. And you can order it online, and we ship it for free. Just go to weightandwellness.com and click on products. And if you order it today, then you're not going to have any have to have any last-minute shopping scramble. <laughs> so right. questions about blood pressure today, call 651 651- Six four one one zero seven one. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and our co-host today is Brittany Thomas, licensed and registered dietitian. We're discussing factors that affect your blood pressure. As nutritionist, I work with many clients who want to avoid taking blood pressure medications if possible because they have researched the side effects of blood pressure medications. And they realize that one of the major side effects for many medications is weight gain. 
and they want none of that. (laughs) So they are ready to make changes in their eating and other lifestyle habits. Change, you know, is not always easy. So we provide ongoing education and support to people in either classes or individually. Call our office and let's talk about how we can help. Our number is 651-699-3438. You know, we offer several classes online and in the community and provide in-person and phone appointments every day, all day long is what we work with. Yes, we do. So, you know, before we were talking about processed carbs and sugar and how that creates inflammation in arteries, Mm -hmm. I think that's a new concept for a lot of people. They don't realize that sugar inflames their arteries. Yeah, I think so. So then you say, how much sugar is the average person eating today? Well, the average person, the average American eats about 160 pounds of sugar every year. Wow. So then you say, okay, let's say, what? how much is that daily? Well, do you know that's 27 teaspoons of sugar? So one of the things I think is great experiment or challenge or, you know, it's a great teaching to it technique mm-hmm. for your kids too, is to scoop 27 teaspoons of sugar in a bowl step back and just observe. And it's just amazing what that will do for people. And, you know, when you stop and think of 27 teaspoons of sugar, and that's just average consumption. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's... So sometimes, you know, and I think this happens to a lot of people. Uh, In fact... I was working with a client yesterday and she said, you know, I was sugar free for three years. I didn't eat any sugar. And then she had some medical tests Mm -hmm. where she had to do something that would involve sugar, (laughs) you know, drink like a a Gatorade or something like that. And I think people have an idea of what that is. And she said, and then I was back on sugar and she's been struggling ever since. And now I think she's finally recommitted and we we worked out a plan to help her get off of sugar now and, and everything will be fine again. Mm-hmm. But, okay. and then some people, I mean, they don't have that kind of sugar addiction yep. and they can just eat a little and then they're off of it. They're fine. But that's fewer and fewer people. I that think we so fit, too. Uh, you know. Yeah, I agree. And like you mentioned before, when people decrease the amount of processed carbohydrates they're eating, Miraculously, their blood pressure goes down. Mm-hmm. And when people do fall off their healthy eating plan and go back to eating the cereal, toast, and juice for breakfast, then slowly those numbers just creep back up. And we see it. We do. Mm-hmm. So so it is important to stay off processed foods, but it's also important to include several servings of vegetables daily. You know, we always encourage clients to have leafy green vegetables with breakfast. And I know this is a, a reach for some people, <laughs> like having spinach. That yeah. isn't so unknown now. No. A lot of people do that. But, you know, kale, beet greens. You know, why do we do, we recommend that? Is because these are all high in vitamin K. And without sufficient vitamin K, your arteries can become calcified and stiff. So what does calcification look like in your arteries? This is really interesting because it actually, calcium salts get deposited in the soft tissues of your arteries 
and then your arteries are stiff and up goes your blood pressure. So you need those vegetables to prevent that from happening so that you have enough vitamin K to help prevent that calcification mm-hmm. from happening. Absolutely. And it's just as important to eat enough other fruits and vegetables because we need sufficient potassium. Potassium is a mineral essential for your blood vessels to dilate and keep your blood pressure normal. I don't think most people understand that one at all. No, no, that's definitely a new thought, I think. Mm -hmm. So then I think the next question you have to ask yourself, okay, so I need fruits and vegetables. So what ones should I eat? Mm -hmm. Which ones are high in potassium? Well, I think everybody is going to say bananas. Yep. Well, yes, they are high and somewhat high, but not as high as some of the other fruits, basically, mm-hmm. because we know things like, you know, cantaloupe has a cup of cantaloupe has a lot less sugar, mm-hmm. but a lot more potassium. Honeydew melon also is, goes in that category, has a lot of potassium, but it's much lower than sugar than bananas. Mm-hmm. But you know, broccoli is a good contender, too. Yep. Uh, kiwis, they're great. You know, and we always talk about, you know, maybe having spinach and sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are up there on that list for potassium. Even white potatoes. It's amazing. A uh, serving of white potato has about 800 milligrams of potassium That's in it. That's a lot. It's a lot. Tomato sauce is high. Mm-hmm. Uh, beet greens. Kidney beans. All these things that we talk about all the time. You know, carrots are high, winter squash, spinach, avocados. Um, So really, for blood vessel health, I think this is interesting, too. We should try to get about 4,500 milligrams of potassium daily from our food. Mm -hmm. So chili would be a great high potassium meal. Because, you know, think about this. Tomato sauce is high. Yep. Kidney beans, that's high. And... I always throw in some chopped carrots or something else or some broccoli or something Mm -hmm. in my chili. And then really you have over 1,500 milligrams of potassium in that one meal, in that one lunch. You know, and if you throw in a salad, add a salad, you double that number. So you've got about 3,000 milligrams for just one lunch meal. great. And And it's delicious. Yeah. And so it really is easy to get that 4,500 milligrams of potassium daily. If you're eating these vegetables and things that are high, like the kidney beans in your food, if not, then you're probably going to be low. (laughs) Yep. Well, let's get back to talking about foods with hidden sugars. Um, Again? Again, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Popular topic for us. Well, many people have gone gluten-free, and in the process of that, they've switched to eating rice or gluten-free bread and other gluten-free processed foods. Mm -hmm. And they've really gotten caught up in that marketing of these overpriced products. And the shocking part of this is those products turn into more sugar in our bodies than the wheat products did. So... so when you're taking people out on grocery store tours, mm-hmm. because you do that all the time, yep. are people always looking for gluten-free products? Is that one of the questions that they have? It often is, yep. Okay. Yep, and we we kind of steer clear away from that and just focus on, again, those real foods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've had a lot of people going through grocery stores mm-hmm. looking at foods lately. Yep. It's nice. It's 
Yeah, and I know great. a lot of people get their questions answered just right away. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a great opportunity to, to learn more. So eating a bowl of rice has about the same effect on our blood sugar and our blood pressure as eating a bowl of sugar. Gosh, say that. Wow. Eating a bowl. So if we go out to eat mm-hmm. Asian food. Yep. And they always have, oh, they all must have two cups of rice in that. Yep. There's a lot. Yeah. So that's just like eating a big bowl of sugar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think most think people, I don't think most people no. realize that. Definitely not. And most gluten-free bread, it's made from rice flour. Oh, okay. And that actually raises our blood sugar more than sugar does. Wow. Yeah. Now, we're not saying go out and eat desserts. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just avoid the bread. Yep, yep, exactly. (laughs) And there's really so much to know about products when it comes to avoiding processed foods. But the bottom line is... Sugar in any form creates more inflammation throughout our bodies and certainly in our arteries. So before we go on to our next topic, which is these refined oils and trans fats, I guess we better take a break. Yep, it is break time again. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And we are so pleased that more and more people are making better food and drink choices. In fact, two weeks ago, a report in the business section of the Washington Post said that the sales of diet soda has dropped 20% in the past five years. That's great. That's a lot. That Mm -hmm. is fabulous. And hopefully people have switched from soda to water. So call us today with any questions about hypertension at 651-641-1071. A lot of times when you bump into someone who's lost weight, you say, hey, how'd you do that? I'm here with Leo. I bet you hear that a lot. You've lost almost 50 pounds. How'd you do that? I went to Nutritional Weight and Wellness and took their Nutrition for Weight Loss program. And what's that about? That's an eating plan that allows you to eat real food and you lose weight. Are you hungry? No, not at all. I eat six times a day, and one of their mottos is stay ahead of hunger, and that's exactly what I do. Now, Leo's a dad of teens, a husband, a full-time worker, busy young man in his 40s, and you say you don't really exercise. Though, uh, much to the dismay of my nutritionist, I haven't been able to exercise. But you've still been able to lose weight. Yeah, absolutely. Leo says it's changed his life. Maybe it can do the same for you. It's the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you want to find out what Nutrition for Weight Loss can do for you, go to weightandwellness.com or place a call, 651-699-3438. Well, welcome back to Dishing of Nutrition. The show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Next week, starting Tuesday, April 14th, Nutritional Weight and Wellness has six different Nutrition for Weight Loss programs starting. You know, I'd like to share a comment from a past Nutrition for Weight Loss client. She said, I took the class because I learned from the listening to the radio show and reading the website that this was a straightforward, simple, and maintainable lifestyle. There were no gimmicks or outrageous promises. You know, I wanted to lose weight, which which I did, actually. I lost 12 pounds and 15 inches. But also, I wanted a new way to eat that I could continue and also feel good about bringing home to my family to make healthy changes. The Nutrition for Weight Loss program met my expectations and more. 
So if you're interested in it, just give us a call at our office. It's 651-699-3438. And you can ask any question. You know, we want to make this weight loss program work for you and your schedule. And so you can take classes at different locations. Yep. You can do lots of different classes. Very flexible. Mm -hmm. So, Brittany, before we went on break, we were talking about how processed carbohydrates inflame your arteries, Mm -hmm. your blood vessels. And I think it's it's truly a new concept for most people. I agree. And I think they don't have any idea what's... There's many things that inflame blood vessels, but we do know that sugar and processed carbohydrates do. And I know personally that I can tell with my own blood pressure that if I eat something that has a processed carb in it, I can predict that my blood pressure is going to be higher, and it is. Interesting. I don't like it, but it is. So, and I think when people get tuned into their body, but they also know that when they're eating eggs and vegetables for breakfast and they're eating, you know, a good healthy lunch like chili and things that are going to put all that vitamin K into your system and all the other things and reduce the inflammation that their blood pressure starts to drop down and they either need less medication or they need maybe can get off of some of their medications. We've had many people be able to go back to their doctor. They keep checking their blood pressure and they, they say, well, we can reduce it. We can reduce it and we can reduce it and pretty soon they don't need to take it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fun. It is. It's it's so great to see. Very rewarding. So another thing that we want to talk about, and I think most of our listeners understand that trans fats are also dangerous for us to eat. I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time. Yes, we have. But let's find out how dangerous it really is. Uh, if a woman has a 2% increase in their trans fat consumption, they increase their risk of heart disease by 62%. That's scary. So it's so easy to consume trans fats. You know, all you have to do is stop for that morning muffin. Mm -hmm. Most of those muffins have commercial oils, soybean oil or corn oil or who knows oil. And that's trans fats. Or they have a burger. And fries. And guess what? Trans fats. Trans fats. Even the bun has trans fats in it. And there are trans fats in crackers, in cookies, in candy bars. Anything that says partially hydrogenated fat means it is a food containing trans fats. You know, I know we talk about this every week, but grocery stores are still stocking trans fat foods. So apparently not enough people are listening. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> and, you know, uh, honestly, we we did some surveys on restaurants and some restaurants, they're cooking, a lot of them are cooking with vegetable oil, oil but they are often cooking with hydrogenated soybean oil. And even some of the restaurants are cooking with cottonseed oil, which we always say is the worst yeah. oil around and it's cottonseed oil that they're cooking with. So when you're, you know, I think you just have to ask your server, what kind of oil are they using back there in the kitchen? You know, it's interesting. It is. So as consumers, we, we've got to protect our blood vessels. 
you know, I think we have to go on a trans fat food strike. Yes, we do. And stop buying products with this ingredients. And then guess what? The grocery stores will stop stocking it and they'll start stocking more butter, olive oil, coconut oil, the fats that are healthy for us. Healthy stuff. So we do talk about this all the time, but I think that talking about the process of how these oils are made really clicks for people. So I want you to think about when you squeeze a cotton seed or a kernel of corn or a soybean. Mm-hmm. Oil naturally does not come out of that. No. So it has to be heated really hot. Usually gasoline or some solvent is added to draw out any oil. And then in the end, it's very damaged. It's rancid. There's no nutritional value. And that's what we're making up our cells and our brain with. I think it's scary to think about that. So, you know, Brittany, because I grew up on a farm, you know, and we did, we grew soybeans. And so they would come in in the fall I, I and, and corn. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that those are hard kernels. Yes. I can't imagine the process that those kernels have to go through in order to get oil out of those. It doesn't make any sense, no, does it? It doesn't at all. So we know that, like like you said, you have to heat them. Mm-hmm. You have to use a solvent. I mean, there's a lot of processes that go on to get that oil out of that kernel. Mm-hmm. And then it's damaged by the time we get it. Yeah. So it's 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 really interesting. It is. So it that's, is. you know, and I think if when people start to recognize and understand how these what we call manufactured fats or factory fats how they come to exist, and then how damaging they are to our blood vessels. Um, you know, I know for myself, one of the things that I, I, I say, I don't eat trans fats. Yep. And I can look at something, I can look at a muffin and say, gee, that might taste good. Yep. But I can look at that muffin and say, mm, I don't eat that yep, because exactly. it's got trans fats in it. So it looks like we have a caller. Well, let's go ahead and take that before we start talking a little bit more about, you know, refined oils and things. Jan, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question for us? Yeah. um, You know, all the things that I've bought in the past that before I knew about trans fats, now they're showing as zero. The ones that had trans fats. And I'm wondering how low can a manufacturer go before they... They are able to list it as zero, but there's really still trans fats in them. That is a really great question. So legally, they can say it's zero grams trans fat if it's 0.5 grams or less per serving. So a half a gram per serving. And we know, I mean, if you look at labels, we're eating multiple servings of things. So it becomes easy to consume a couple of grams of trans fats. It is. So is there any way to really be safe besides carrying like a dictionary that says <laughs> this or that. Look on the label and if it says partially hydrogenated something. Yeah. Then you know it's got uh, trans fats in it. Yeah. That's okay. one way. And you know the like the serving size like Brittany said, you know, you know might be the serving might be seven chips or three chips would be a yeah. serving size. Well, who's going to stop with that? Exactly. I know. And then it's like with the McDonald's fish burger. They used to have trans fats in it. Well, now it doesn't. It still tastes the same. Uh-huh. 
I'm assuming that they did something to the tartar sauce to lessen the amount or something. I'm sure that's, but, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. But it's so. like you were saying, all those foods you listed, it's like, well, I know I've looked at, I mean, I look at every label I buy and everything that I buy says zero, but it, there must be something like this below a certain level where they can slide under the radar. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So what we have to do as consumers is always, if we can find the label, is to look and see if it says partially hydrogenated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, we, we know that many of the fast food French fries companies have, you know, four or five different types of trans fatty oils mm-hmm. in them that says partially hydrogenated soybean oil, partially hydrogenated corn oil, partially hydrogenated something else. In just the French fry, one French fry. So, yeah. So anyway, we just have to. We always have to be good, yeah. good consumers, yep. I guess. We have well, to be our knowledgeable own investigators. Yep. It's the same trick they play with the high fructose corn syrup. It's just renaming it, so people don't know. Oh right, exactly. Yes. yes. Thanks for the call this morning. Thank Appreciate you. it. So, Brittany, I think it's again. I know it's time to take a break here. If you're ready. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Earlier in this show, I suggested that a great Mother's Day gift would be the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. But another great gift would be a gift certificate for a nutrition class or counseling for your mother or mother-in-law. And often moms won't spend the money on themselves. We hear it all the time. (laughs) Right. But they still need to upgrade their nutrition, so a consultation or class is the perfect answer. Call 651-699-3438 for more information. Welcome welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're struggling with menopause symptoms like hot flashes, insomnia, mood swings, or weight gain, join Tina, Katie, and myself next week as we discuss Nutritional Solutions for Menopause Symptoms. Also on May 16th, Tina and I will be leading the five-hour menopause survival seminar at Brackett's Crossing Country Club in Lakeville. Uh, That's um, down near our office in Lakeville. So join us for a day of learning, sharing, good food, and fun. You know, if you're from out of town, you know, come with a friend and make it a special girls weekend or a sister or somebody else that's maybe struggling with some of those same mm-hmm. symptoms. You know, we are close to the Mall of America. <laughs> so you can call 651-699-3438 or visit us online at weightandwellness.com. And we were talking before we went on break about trans fats. We so. were. And before we get to that, we have another caller. Okay, so okay, we'll we will hold on trans fats for just a little bit here. So, good morning, Gloria. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question for us. Good morning, Gloria. I've been reading the labels on the the fats for quite a while because of you guys, but I still don't understand. Um, are all corn, soybean, and canola oil? partially hydrogenated because sometimes it just lists the oil but it doesn't say partially hydrogenated no but it is a refined oil and so so it is a refined oil those are are refined oils unless canola says an unrefined canola oil then that one is not 
uh, the I'm sorry, something happened there. Canola oil is not? If it, if it says unrefined. Like, okay. Like Annie's dressings, the organic ones, will have unrefined co- uh, uh, coca- canola. canola oil <laughs> in it. In it, and uh, then that that we we believe that that's okay. Yeah. Okay, and all the rest, if it says soybean, canola, and corn, just plain. That's all. That those are all bad. refined oils, all oh. been, you know, broken down. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Gloria, for that question. So back to trans fats. So you might be asking yourself, why are trans fats so bad for my arteries? And how does it affect my blood pressure? Well, trans fats make the membranes of all of your cells hard and crusty. Mm-hmm. And, all of them. Yes. And then the cells in your arteries also will become hard and crusty and stiff. And then soon your blood pressure goes up. And we want flexible arteries so that blood can flow very freely. And again, when we see that clients stop eating these trans fats, usually their blood pressure drops. And again, they can often reduce or eliminate their medication altogether. So high blood pressure and many other cardiovascular problems are caused by inflammation. You know, we know that when your joints are chronically inflamed, you get arthritis. If your lungs are chronically inflamed, you develop asthma. If your brain is chronically inflamed, you will no doubt have Alzheimer's disease. If your arteries are chronically inflamed, your blood pressure becomes elevated and you have an increased growth in plaque. So it makes sense to know how much inflammation you have in your arteries. Yes, it does. And the liver produces a compound called C-reactive protein or often referred to as CRP. And that gets produced when the blood vessels in our body become inflamed. So the more inflammation you have, the higher your CRP level and the greater risk of a cardiac event. So researchers have found that the high sensitive CRP level in women is a more precise predictor of future cardiovascular event than cholesterol is. Yes. So that's really a take home. Yes. That the CRP, the high sensitive CRP more accurate predictor of future cardiovascular events than cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So it, it might be time, especially if you have family history of heart disease, you might want to ask your medical doctor to order a high-sensitive CRP so you know what your risk is. Mm-hmm. So whenever nutritionists and dietitians, you know, working at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, when we're seeing clients, we always address food first because we understand food matters. But we also realize that 68% of the population is deficient in the mineral magnesium. So magnesium is, a very, is very important to relax all the muscles in your body. And our heart is a muscle, and our arteries are actually made up of little muscles. So the first supplement I recommend for blood pressure management is magnesium glycinate. You know, so I personally, I take three in the morning and three at bedtime every day. Mm-hmm. for blood pressure management. Yep. And again, most people are deficient in not only magnesium, but omega-3 fatty acids, because frankly, not many of us are eating a can of sardines every day. But if you are, then you're free and clear. Yep, <laughs> then you're good to go. So mm-hmm. I find that, again, most people need a good quality fish oil supplement. And 
I do believe, though, you need to be really careful when you're shopping for these supplements. And you want to make sure they're not rancid because if your fresh oil tastes bad, it could contain free radicals, which will also damage your blood vessels. So when you find a, an omega-3 or fish oil on sale, that can be an indicator that the store is just trying to get rid of an almost expired product. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout. And often you need to take a lot more capsules of a poor quality omega-3 than, than a, a pharmaceutical grade. Mm-hmm. So for blood pressure management, I recommend 3,000 to 4,000 milligrams every day. So, of course, and we talk about vitamin D almost every show because it's important. Elevated mm-hmm. blood pressure, which results in an increased risk for a heart attack, is associated, and this is what the research says over and over, with a vitamin D deficiency. You know, another thing that is really important, potassium, and we talked about getting it from food. Potassium is another mineral to always have checked if you don't eat enough potassium-rich foods or... Another case is if you take a diuretic, which a Mm -hmm. lot of people do for blood pressure medication. And so maybe you're getting, you know, you're you're actually depleting it from your system. You know, people that have frequent diarrhea are often low on potassium. So signs and symptoms of low potassium. You're feeling very, very tired and you find it really hard to walk up stairs. You feel weak. And your blood pressure actually might go up when this happens. So yeah. very important. Simple simple minerals, two simple minerals, magnesium yep. and potassium. Yep. And there, there can be many other supplements that can support your cardiovascular health. But we first recommend that it's important to make an appointment with one of the nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness to figure out what's going to be best for you as an individual, mm-hmm. I take a lot of other types of specialized car- uh, supplements mm-hmm. for blood pressure management. You know, as I said at the beginning of the show, hypertension is a very, very complicated health problem. And we know that really we know food matters. Yes, it does. And we always go to foods first. But we also know that there is a genetic component to hypertension blood pressure. And there's a component to ongoing infections in your system, which a lot of people don't even realize. Mm -hmm. There's a component of lack of exercise. So we really encourage people to move. And I can tell that individually. So we take all these different factors into consideration when we're working with people with hypertension or high blood pressure. So, Brittany, thanks for being here today. Have a good weekend. Life, I love you. All is groovy. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.